Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 28 After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor... We will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. It's such an abrupt ending to the gospel, you feel like you're dropping off a cliff. We only just got our heads around the fact that Jesus died. And then, before we have time to take our bearings, he flash bangs a couple of soldiers, cheekily greets the women while they're sprinting down a track, issues the Great Commissions, and, well, that's it. I guess Matthew feels like he can cut things off so quickly because his application points are self-evident. If Jesus has actually been raised, then the whole world must be told. Matthew hasn't really explained what it means to make disciples other than to do what Jesus did, and he's barely name-checked either the Holy Spirit or baptism throughout the whole of his volume. But I love this. 
because it reveals Matthew's assumption that you will be involved in the church. It exposes Matthew's demand that you read the rest of the New Testament. Matthew hasn't tried to answer all your questions or to provide you with a compendium of faith. No, instead he's put together a gospel to convey one overwhelming message. You must act. All the stuff about the kingdom, all the parables, all the miracles, all the excuses, all the rejections, all the questions and all the calls of Jesus point in one direction. You must act. The victorious, resurrected Christ wants you to become a fruit-bearing kingdom disciple. Jesus wants you to be immersed in a trinity-filled community and to press hard into his kingdom agenda. Jesus wants you to leave the nets of your old way of doing things and to become a fisher of people. There is a lot of the year left and a lot of the New Testament left and a lifetime of stuff still to learn. But will you act on this? Will you act on what Jesus says? It's shocking how rare it is for someone to really try to do everything Jesus commanded. It's shocking how rare it is for someone to really know and live as if Jesus is with them everywhere. But why don't you and I become some of those happy few? It's Matthew's prayer that we would. It's Jesus's prayer that we would. Let's make it our prayer as well. Here's a question for reflection. How has the Gospel of Matthew changed your life? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.